Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. I am your host, Stephen Navarra, and I am two tumblers deep in boxed mojito right now that has been opened several days ago and sitting in my fridge. So you can imagine how I'm feeling. How are you feeling, Danny? Feeling good. Hit my draw of the week last week in the 96th minute. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, we got uh, just a just a one touch volley. Ripped it ripped it right out of the air in the 96th minute. Went a little crazy. Watching the watching the next crew game as we speak. Feeling good. Ready for football season. Yeah, football is knocking on the door. We're on the eve of two college football games, big-time college football games. Uh, we'll get into that towards the end of the show. I wanted to kick off the show by starting with a pretty sweet uh, player prop parlay I hit on Underdog Fantasy for a, a cool 10-to-1 odds. Uh, so they were doing a little promotion of Kenny Pickett over a half of a passing yard so obviously that was like a freebie. And then I picked three other things, which was Mitch Trubisky to have uh, one or more passing touchdowns, which he hit in the very last drive of the to end the first half there. So that came in at the very last second. And then George Pickens over four and a half or four and a quarter fantasy points. Uh, it was looking a little sketchy there, but then he caught like two balls in a row on the same drive to get me over, and uh, and then it was up to David Blau to get me six and a quarter fantasy points over that, and you know he came in uh, mid first quarter to replace um, what's his name pencil neck there, and Tim Boyle came in. I was like, oh, this is. Crush! I'm gonna crush this, and uh, you know he struggled there. I thought he had the fantasy points going into halftime. Just about, he, I thought he was playing pretty well, but he only had like three fantasy points. So it came down to the fourth quarter with him back in, and it was that underhand pitch shovel pass on like fourth and ten to the running back to get me you know, hit my parlay. And then of course I couldn't afford an interception or anything that would have brought him back under, uh, my threshold. So, so congratulations, David Blau, you, you earned that backup role on the Detroit lions and you won me my 10 to one parlay, of course, with, uh, uh, Mitch and, and Pickens there doing the work. So that was a fun game to watch. Uh, and, and now it's time for a real NFL football in, in one more uh, from now, uh, 10 days. 10 days we get NFL football. No shit, Thursday night football. We're seven days, eight days away from, uh, if you're listening to this, we're seven days away from the NFL 2022 season kickoff. Um, Speak, speaking of that shitty game, you talk about how the, how the starters on both sides, played the entire first half in the final preseason game. <laughs> I knew that was coming from I our was end. I so mad. Uh, but I knew that was coming. Nothing, no serious injuries, at least to any starters. KZ was playing nice, so that's a, 
That's a tough one, but he'll be back at some point. Yeah, and, uh, with that being the nationally broadcasted game, uh, which which I read that it that game had better ratings than any of the of last year's NBA Christmas games. Yeah, I saw that, which is funny. But uh, people were trying to make a big deal about TJ's knee on Twitter to get some you know clicks or whatever. And, you know, we tweeted, of course, at Return to Play Pod on Twitter. We tweeted out that it was not something serious, nothing to be concerned about. Probably just a, a very mild grade one sprain, if that even. And obviously, they're going to shut TJ down at the first inkling of an injury. But yeah, a guy like TJ Watt doesn't need to play more than, I don't know, one one or two drives to kind of just feel that rhythm. Uh, but whatever, we, I mean, we made year, it out. Last year he missed all of camp and all of preseason and set the sack record. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure, you know, give him one drive, maybe two drives to your starters and then get them the hell out. Especially Najee. Like every time Najee's touching the ball, yeah. I'm like, bro, I'm like, just go down. I'm like, quit. It's fucking preseason. He's fighting for extra yards and taking four hits every time he touches the ball. I'm like, Najee, get your stupid ass on the ground. <laughs> I'm like, you got you got warmed up. You, you know, you got a little contact. Now get the fuck down. And then every drive, they just kept coming back out. I'm like, are you, are you for real? Is this? So that'll be, that'll be fun when our whole team's on IR by week four. <laughs> well, uh, you bring up a good point. That If Najee Harris is playing like that in preseason football, he needs to learn how to stay healthy, America, on, you know, throughout the season. He needs to know how to fall down uh, sometimes. And he just does not have that in him. He is he's a dog and and he's always gonna fight for one more yard. But I think that is to his detriment for the longevity of his career from our standpoint. So we'll we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, he's he's just a high risk dude for, for fantasy and for you know my my mental health. He is a high risk injury player. Anything else to before we get into the uh, final roster news? Some injury news? No, my, bad. my mic was oh, muted. I'm good. good. I'm good. Good. Uh, so let's. We don't really have much injury news because everyone kind of has you know ten to fourteen days to heal up. So it was basically either the guys who are were available this past weekend are going to play in week one and and mostly everybody else like the guys like miles sanders i would strongly imagine he's going to play week one like guys that were kind of just taking precautions through camp here elijah mitchell probably a week one starter guys like that we'll have more of an update you know as we get into that week and teams post their first week injury reports so we're going to focus on just a few uh details here for Roster updates. The biggest news just now came out that Trey Sermon from the San Francisco 49ers was waived, which uh, there was a quote from the GM. It was the GM or the owner. He said, you know, Trey Sermon's one of our best players this training camp. And that was, you know, 10 days ago. And then and then they just waived him now. So funny how that that those kind of things are said and work out, but I think Trey Sermon's definitely going to get picked up uh, somewhere in the league. So if you're like me and you have double digit percentages of him taking him in the 18th round, uh, 
this might be better situation for him than San Francisco, which was a committee backfield. He might, you know, get picked up by a team whose starting running back goes down, and then he splits the carries with whatever guy who was already there, something like that. So I still have high hopes for Trey Sermon. I knew that their backfield was too unstable to trust anything with it, but but yeah, I mean he'll be he'll land on at least on a practice squad if he doesn't get claimed anywhere and he'll he'll end up back on a roster at some point this year due to injury so still somebody to monitor throughout your year yeah we'll just stick with the running backs here uh, there's rumors that Sony Michelle is going to go to the the other <laughs> the other side of the building in Los Angeles to the Chargers that's official i think i'm pretty sure he signed oh. already let me check let me double check that go on with whatever you were going to say well, there was, you know, another guy I had quite a lot of shares of was Isaiah Spiller to <laughs> back up Austin Eckler and and how I was saying Austin Eckler is going to have to, they need to do load management with a guy like him so they can, you know, not risk him being injured so much. And I was like, Isaiah Spiller is going to be that guy to fill in those gaps. And then it turns out he hadn't. Uh, they haven't loved him there in camp. And then he also, you know, rolled his ankle as well. So not looking good for Isaiah Spiller. And, and yeah, go ahead. That's that's two points for me because I said not to trust. I didn't trust Isaiah Spiller either. But I think uh, <laughs> Sony Michelle, he's kind of kind of been a fancy afterthought, but he's he's kind of flown under the radar. I mean, he, he arrived last minute to the Rams last year and still put up 800 yards. So he's not a threat in the receiving game, so he definitely loses value in PPR leagues, but definitely a great handcuff. I'm going to pick him up, and uh, I have Eckler in one of my one of my redraft leagues, so definitely going to pick up Michelle. I think he'll be a, a good handcuff, at least if you have Eckler and, uh, you know, somebody to monitor. If, you know, if you, if you need running back depth, if you, don't, if you don't have a backup, you know, if anything happens to Eckler, I think Michelle will be the guy. Oh, for sure. And if there is another puppy, a puppy four on underdog as rumored, I think uh, I think he will be that nine through 11th round uh, running back. Like he'll definitely be scooped up um, the mid to late rounds there because I, I see him, yes, as a, a clear number two. Uh, sticking with running backs, finally, Kenyon Drake to the Ravens. I think that fills out their uh, running back room well because it's three guys that get injured a lot or <laughs> have all gotten injured last year. And Kenyon Drake even got hurt in that Hall of Fame game we watched together. Uh, he hurt his hand. So just another injury-prone running back for the Ravens. Uh, per- perfect fit for them. And you might as well just say a fourth uh, injury-prone running back if you want to consider Lamar Jackson as as a running back on that team. Uh, not that he's injured all the time, but uh, it's a little foreshadowing for later in the episode here. If, if you are uh, lacking running back depth or, you know, if you didn't if you didn't draft running backs well in your fantasy league, I think Drake's definitely a good pickup for the first couple weeks to kind of see what happens. Uh, Gus Edwards on the pup, so he's out at least week the first four weeks and then um some uh less than optimal news coming out about jk dobbins doesn't look like he's going to be ready so Kenyon drake probably going to get a good bulk of the of the load in that offense for the first game or two so a good a good pickup if you need a running back 
Yeah, Especially if, uh, you, if you did draft AK, J.K. Dobbins, definitely grab Drake as soon as you can. Moving on to wide receiver, biggest news there, Jalen Rager to the Vikings, traded for a couple picks. They, a meme was going around, not a meme, but uh, th- he was picked one pick after Justin Jefferson in the draft, and, and now they're both Vikings, got both of those guys. And uh, basically now it's kind of Rager and K.J. Osborne for that third spot. Um, but they don't really have a a tight end, a catching tight end, to my knowledge. Oh, it was uh, Irv, Irv Smith. He's ac- actually pretty decent. I think he'll get some targets. So, so now there's a case of, you know, a lot of guys wanting the ball there. So I don't know how Rager's going to uh, pan out with the Vikings, but definitely going to be a weird target share there with the Vikings this year. Yeah, I don't think there's any fantasy value here. Um but does it hurt the other guys like KJ? And- I, I don't think so. I mean, if he, he wasn't getting a, attention in a light receiver room, I don't think he's going to take away attention yeah. from a heavy receiver room. You know, Jefferson's going to have his value. Thielen, if he can stay healthy, has been consistently productive. Uh, big, big touchdown volume. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm fine with the other Vikings receivers. I don't think this hurts them. Well, it seems like uh, I don't know what to make of the Vikings. They're, I think they're going to be a middle-of-the-pack team again. I, I don't see them being a, a shit kicker in the NFC. So, let's it's see. Crazy how just I was looking at it the other day, yesterday, actually, like just looking at prospective division winners, and it's crazy how, like, mis- misbalanced – unbalanced the AFC NFC is like there's four yeah. or five teams in the AFC that I would say are probably better than the entirety of the NFC. And I think green Bay takes a step back. I'm trying to think of who's going to win that division. Cause I think green Bay takes a big step back this year. Well, uh, after their 13 win or 14 win season last year, you know, especially with no receivers, who knows what that offense is going to look like. Um, you know, with the Rogers drama, I mean, he's obviously going to produce, but, you never know. I think they'll be fine. But and you know the the Lions aren't going to win that division. The Bears are going to be awful. So I mean the Vikings. I don't know what the odds on that are, but that'd be a, that wouldn't. I don't think that'd be a terrible bet to make. I think I feel like the Vikings have a decent chance. I mean the NFC is sure is a lot of these divisions. I think are just wide open in the NFC. Yes. And I think back to five, six years ago when the NFC was loaded. And then now the pendulum's kind of swung back. Uh, not that it makes a difference for the Super Bowl game, you know, because that's just one game between the two best teams or the two teams left, I should say. So, you know, as far as getting the betting the Super Bowl early, like you can you can bet the Super Bowl right now if you want. Uh, I think AFC is minus one and a half to win the Super Bowl. So maybe not a bad bet if you if you expect all of these AFC teams to, you know, you got more options to choose from that are, that would maybe beat in the NFC team making it out of there. But that's a silly bet to make anyway. You know, sit five months away from now for one game. But uh, let's let's get, keep it moving here to so some other wide receivers. James Washington, we've talked about him. Move to the IR. So he is going to be at least four weeks not on the field. So he could return as early as week five. I think that is a plausible outcome. I think 
week six, seven, and eight. Eight being the very latest. Uh, also p- plausible, but yeah, week five through seven, most likely week five being my best bet. Anything on uh, – oh, and then Dak is the only quarterback on the Cowboys active roster at the quarterback position. Uh, what do you got on the Cowboys here? Uh, nothing new to add. We talked about how we both liked James Washington prior to the injury, but I think he's definitely someone to monitor when he starts to come back. Um, you know, someone's got to pick up the Cooper and Cedric Wilson yardage, especially with Gallup banged up. You know, there's yardage to go around, and so I think if he gets back to 100%, I, I like him to start producing. I think he's a good a good receiver. Just didn't work out in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he kind of just got pushed out of the room. I think that he will have a good season if he can continue to uh, stay healthy. But uh, so that wraps up kind of a few takes we had on some roster cuts on the offensive side of the ball. So what we had cooked up is uh, to do tiers, uh, much like you would see in your fantasy drafts, uh, tier one, two, and three, four guys for you know each position of who you want to draft, who you should be looking for. So we did tiers of players who are most likely going to get hurt this year or just injury prone in general. So, you know, these are the guys tier one, obviously very, very likely it's almost impossible for these guys to play 17 games without missing one or more and so on and so forth. So I think what we'll do is we will, you just you want to talk about each guy as well, or maybe we'll just, just I'll just, just give, list you off. Give your tier, and then I'll I'll say what I what I disagree with or what I'd put differently. Okay, okay. So tier one, these are guys that will not play seventeen games this season. Uh, number one, one overall, I would say is Saquon Barkley, who I love. Uh, we we all know Penn State, Nittany Lion. A guy cannot play 17 games in the NFL without getting hurt on a poor team, uh, struggling offensive line. He, you know, has boomer bust type plays, highly explosive, but then, you know, it takes a toll on your joints. And I think that uh, he's just probably going to get hurt again this year. Hopefully nothing significant where he just maybe has to miss one or two weeks here and there, but I would not expect him to play. Uh, CMC, Christian McCaffrey, same boat. He's undersized, highly athletic, cutting, running, jumping, explosions, gets hurt every year, gets tackled hard, pulls something, crushes a joint, whatever. (laughs) I I do too crush joints on time to time. Uh, CBD only though. <laughs> uh, moving on, I've had too much boxed mojito tonight. That's for sure. Uh, Miles Sanders. We're gonna just keep with all the mostly running backs here. Miles Sanders, another Penn State guy, uh, hurt every year. At least he he doesn't usually go out for the season, but he gets hurt. You know, I think like I said. Earlier this year, uh, yeah, he's had six injuries in the last three years, something like that. So Miles Sanders, highly injury prone. And then, of course, Elijah Mitchell, guys addicted to injuries, 
he just can't stay away from the injury tent in the athletic training room. Uh, expect him, he's already hurt in in training camp. I do not expect him to play. I'd be surprised if he plays 12 games. I think he could get to 10, 11. I won't, won't say double digits, but 12 games would be a stretch for Elijah Mitchell, especially with how much volume I think the 49ers are going to run the ball this year. So if he's going to be a workhorse, that's wear and tear. Look for him to go down uh, mid-October, late October. Uh, OBJ, again, I don't think that he will play at all this regular season. Uh, definitely not uh, before mm, late November. I don't think he'll play at all this year. Maybe someone will pick him up for the last couple of weeks to kind of get him ramped up for the playoffs again. That's a stretch even. And then finally, Big Ben, uh, even even in life outside of football, I'm sure he's, he's getting uh, – nicks and scratches and bumps and bruises along the way and and getting his ice packs and ice baths so danny what about your tier one i as much as i hate to say it i mean saquon is definitely i'm very big on saquon this year but he's definitely that high risk guy um but i do want to point out i don't know if you've seen it was a little interview he did basically came out and saying he's you know he's he's tired of hearing how tired of people writing him off he's hungry he's he's ready to he's ready to he used some uh, some expletive words, I think, but uh, he's ready ready to go. Basically, is what he was saying. I, I don't want to misquote him, but it got me fired up. So I'm I'm big on Saquon this year. I've been I've been drafting him a lot because he's falling into late second round a lot, and so obviously I'm taking a he's that he belongs in tier one, but I'm I'm taking the risk there. The two I disagree on, uh, Sanders and McCaffrey. Those are more like. Soft, the, the, those are your soft tissue injury kind of guys. Like none of them have been battling. Like CMC has got this huge like injury bug label, but he was he played full seasons his first three years. In the past two years, uh, you know he had the he had the ankle sprain, and then he last year he it was a hamstring that he basically extended into the full season. But I think those are injuries that he kind of would would play through if the team wasn't so bad. So I think if Carolina, I'm. I'm big on McCaffrey this year. A lot of people are letting him drop into like that mid late first round, and I'm if I don't have him in any leagues, I haven't picked early enough. But if you know if I'm picking in the top five, I'm definitely taking McCaffrey if, if he's available. I think he, I think Carolina will be better, will be competitive, will be playing for the playoffs, and I think that will if he is banged up a little bit, that will motivate him to actually play. I think his his injuries, in my opinion, weren't like severe injuries that have an extended recovery they're more he's basically just opting out of the nfl season at that point um but everybody else yeah oh yeah big ben big big ben's not getting it through this season of uh of netflix <laughs> well just watching football he's gonna he's gonna see uh somebody get you know twisted up in the backfield a quarterback you know getting hit low and he's just gonna have like uh, that reminiscing pain, like that phantom pain in his ankle. Oh, shock! Well, he does. He he probably isn't gonna, you know, be cussing, but uh, he's a he's a spiritual man now. But uh, you know, he's he's gonna ask the wife to bring him an ice pack, you know, on Sundays, Sunday evenings. So let's move on to tier two. Speaking of ankle, uh, I didn't even say ankles, but when you think ankles, you got to think Carson Wentz. Only man I've ever known to 
sprained both ankles in uh, the same instance. And that's why he's at the top of Tier 2 here, playing quarterback for the Washington Commanders. Huge question mark on that team as a whole. That field, FedEx field, the whole facility stadium is a hunk of shit. And the the field usually ends up with people getting uh, getting hurt. RG3 uh, comes to mind. So, yeah, Carson Wentz probably going to get hurt this year. Probably not, you know, season-ending injury, but who knows? Carson Wentz, top of Tier 2. Next, the Dallas Cowboys entire offensive line. The left tackle there already out for the year with the Liz Frank. I feel like pretty much every year one of their linemen gets hurt at the very beginning of the season with a season-ending or half-season ending injury. And then uh, they still do all right. But, yeah, they're, they're always on the hot seat for being injured. To piggyback off of that, James Washington we talked about earlier, probably out till week five as a – Steeler, he was hurt uh, what his first two years. And then that third year, he didn't get hurt, but he barely played. They barely put him out there. And I think he was was dealing with a nagging injury kind of in camp to start the season, but probably he was trying to use a ploy to get a contract signed uh, that doesn't work in Pittsburgh. Uh, James Washington, still injury prone, hurt this year, probably will get hurt again. Hope not, though. I like him. Will Fuller not on a team right now, but is technically healthy and could play. I think if you know somebody could easily pick him up here in October, November uh, to come on the squad. But again, those teams have to be thinking the guy's gotten hurt three, four years in a row with a season-ending injury, like almost every time. So statistically, he cannot play even a half of an NFL season without getting hurt and what's his productivity going to be like with all those uh, injuries uh, piled up. And then to round off tier two, we have Lamar Jackson. Now he may not be hurt in the physical sense or the, uh, I should say the musculoskeletal sense of the word, but the guy always poops his pants. I think it's twice now he's had to come out of an NFL game uh, to poop. And it's just like, dude, you wear purple. The poop's not going to show up, especially if it's a night game, which the Ravens are usually in. Uh, just poop your pants, guy. Uh, but whatever. You know what? Who am I to say who should be pooping their pants in what situations? Uh, if it were me out there, I had to just poop my pants. But, yeah, that's all I got for Tier 2. What do you have? I might I might even bump Wentz up to a Tier 1, but I, I think <laughs> – James Washington, I'd bump him probably down to tier three, just just based off a of risk of like re-injury or or from lack of you know getting up to game speed when he does come back. But I don't think I don't recall him ever really being too injury injury plagued in Pittsburgh. He only missed a couple games in his four years there that I'm looking up. But so I'd bump him down. But other than that, I think you're 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 bought on. All right. Well, let's go down to tier. Three, which starting off are the two running backs, and now I'll say the three running backs for the Baltimore Ravens, J.K. Dobbins, probably not going to start the season. ACL tear last year, looked great before that, 
Uh, I don't, was he hurt in college? I don't think. I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. So that's why he's in tier three. Uh, you have a thirty percent chance of retearing uh, your knee or the opposite knee uh, in the NFL coming back from an ACL tear. So him and Gus Edwards, same injury. That's that's two running backs. Um, I'd say there's a good chance one of them are going to get hurt uh, again at some point this year with with a knee injury. Uh, it could just be you know a meniscus or MCL, but that's just unfortunately the way things things go. Now the Ravens are doing a good job of taking their time getting those guys back onto the field, and that's why they got Kenyon Drake because they know he can play for a few weeks here before he gets hurt so it's just really a carousel of running backs getting hurt but they're they're timing this up well i think so they're tier three uh also with the running backs james connor kind of always hurt in pittsburgh but they were making him to be a bell cow but it looks like the arizona cardinals are going to make him a bell cow again after that last year's performance uh which he was a complimentary back which uh danny hit the nail on the head he's an excellent physical runner as a complimentary back to get tough yardage uh to to a more speedy pass catching back but you know he if he's going to be the bell cow again history has proven he gets hurt when he's the bell cow on the team so tier three injury right there uh moving on to wide receivers aj brown hurt with the titans quite a few times Big physical dude, kind of just you know the knees kind of give out on him here and there, and and he takes some licks too, trying to catch that ball, and, and, and he's a dog. So you know when you play like that as a Philadelphia Eagle, it's going to get really cold up there in the later weeks where he might not have had to deal with that in Tennessee. Could see him getting injured later in the season. Uh, Say similar area, Kenny Galladay, always hurt. It seems like, especially the later in his career, and now that he's an aging veteran on the Giants, who are just a plague team. It feels like Kenny Galladay, no brainer, tier three. Sammy Watkins, also injury prone wide receiver on the Green Bay Packers. So a fresh look for him. I could see him being completely fine and maybe just getting thrown to the wayside if these rookies step up. Uh, who knows that that Green Bay wide receiver room is kind of wide open uh, for I think Al Alan Lazard is a clear cut uh, starter and probably the number one receiver there. So it's really somebody to claim the the X and the Z uh, slots there. So if Sammy Watkins. I hope he does stay healthy. I've always enjoyed watching him. Kind of been bouncing around, though. And then finally, unfortunately, Juju Smith-Schuster hurt uh, in Pittsburgh last year. Several weeks, the year before that, hurt at the end of the season. And I think he was fine his rookie year, but the dude is super physical a yak monster, and and to do that, he is taking licks from the safeties and linebackers, just getting a full head of steam to track him down and, and put a, a hurting on him as he's kind of running horizontally across the field a lot of the times to get extra yardage. So dude's a dog. Unfortunately, uh, your body can't take that kind of punishment uh, 
you know, as much as he puts on himself. So Juju to round out tier three. What what do you got? Yeah, just to touch on Juju since you just mentioned him, I th- I think I think he belongs down in tier three. I'm not as worried about it. Like Steve touched on, he's very physical player, um, fighting for extra yards, being physical and blocking. Just and it started to catch up to him. He was healthy his first couple years in Pittsburgh, but the last three started to get banged up. The physicality started to catch up to him. Um, but I think with the Chiefs, it'll be much more spread out, spaced out kind of offense. I don't think he's going to be taking as many hits. So I like him to be healthy. So I think I think in the in the lower tier is better for him. The running backs, I'd bump all of them up to tier two. James Conner, like I said last year, I told everybody to take him to draft him. He's going to go off as a as a split back. Now it sounds like they're going to put him more in that bell cow role again that failed over and over again in Pittsburgh. Just a powerful physical runner. Um, but when you when you battle cancer, when you beat cancer, your body can't put up with that, especially now in a 17 game season. So don't like Connor. Look, I loved drafting him last year. This year he's going so high in drafts that I'm that I'm dodging him. So love James Conner. He's one of my favorite players in the entire league. Uh, but I don't see him playing a full 17 games at all. Um, J.K. and Gus, you know, with with uh, bad news coming out so far about them not going to be ready, I, I'd bump them up to tier two. Um, the receivers, the the rest of the receivers, I'm fine with. Galladay, Galladay could probably be tier two. He's not going to do anything this year. I was I was big on taking Galladay as a late flyer in my drafts, and then everything coming out of camp kind of seems bad. They were it looked like they wanted to move on from him, but they paid him so much money that it's not yeah. a, not a viable option. All the dead money they'd have. So I watched a. I can't call it a highlight. I watched a piece of film on him uh, just completely missing his block on a on a run play. And then uh, after realizing that he missed his block, he just kind of stood up straight and put his hands out like he was going to make like he was miming. Uh, he was going to mime a guy off the off the route or off the uh, line of of path of the runner uh so yeah just not good not good looking for kennedy galladay and i don't think uh, you know he had a, he had a few good games last year too so not last year last year was he didn't even score last year maybe i'm thinking uh who who else was on that team last year Kadarius tony but he was hurt no, no, put, put Kadarius tony on tier three too now that i'm thinking about it yeah, but fantasy wise, I think I think that the the why I I feel like God they had a couple good weeks there uh, for DFS at least, uh, uh, and, and I had him uh, I had God on my redraft league and uh, kept him on the bench and just kind of rolled the dice on a few games. I knew the Giants were going to have to pass the ball a lot, and I just have the memory of it working out, you know, once or twice. But I could be completely making that up in my head. Uh, yeah, so yeah, they had they didn't even have he was actually their leading receiver. He had 521 yards. That's well, that's what I'm saying. He, maybe that maybe that was in a couple spiked weeks there. Like let me, let me let me look at the game log here. Yeah, while you do that, yeah, he had one 100 yard oh. game. That was it. Other than that, <laughs> other than that, his high was in the 60s. No touchdowns. No, I'm thinking. I, I'm so I I am thinking of Slayton. I just couldn't think. Of, I was thinking of Darius Slayton. That's yeah, Darius Slayton had a couple like that's who I had, two yeah. touchdown games there randomly. Yeah, yep, that's who I had. So yeah, 
Kenny Galladay, scratch him off the list. Um, I I drafted him maybe once or twice in best ball, so he's probably like a three or a six percent guy. So you know that, uh, yeah, not not someone you want on your fantasy team. I think I think that wraps up our our tiers. So uh, if you'd like us to tweet these tiers, let us know at Return to Play Pod or or shoot me a message somehow. Or just uh, ask us, ask us a player what we think of you know if it's someone we didn't talk about. Message us that, tweet us that. We'll let you know what tier we would put him in. Exactly, exactly. Maybe, maybe we will put. Uh, we will. Uh, we'll tweet this out. You, you. Would you mind tweeting out uh, the the tiers here from this, and then I will. I will edit the podcast. Yeah, I'll do that. That'd be cool. So yeah, we're gonna put this out. We're recording it Wednesday night. We're gonna put this out hot and fresh Thursday because we are about to talk about the college football games on Thursday night. Our team, Penn State, Nittany Lions at Purdue. Uh, Purdue, big old uh, uh, tailgating, tailgating uh, Big Ten school. So I, I heard they start at you know six thirty in the morning. But I don't know the last time Purdue's had a primetime game. So I think this might be a hot take. But I think with that knowledge, Purdue fans are going to wear themselves out. They don't know how to act for primetime football. They don't have home games at 8 p.m. They're going to be dead tired and and blackout drunk by 8 p.m. And it will not be that that, uh, devastating, noisy type of stadium uh for for Penn State. Maybe first quarter, sure, but they're gonna burn out quick and that's that second half. Uh they're not gonna have anything left in the tank uh to to be a deterring factor for the Nittany Lions. So I, I like the Nittany Lions. I maybe maybe Purdue with the points first half. I I don't know. Um and then and then Penn State to to win the game there in the second half. Uh, I'm sure James Franklin will do everything in his power to uh, mismanage this game to make it so Penn State wins by less than six points. What do you, what do you got on Penn State and Purdue, Danny? You know more about a, this roster. I got a rough. I got a rough feeling that we're going to be pissed off here in about 24 hours. But uh, well, or whenever. By the time this airs, we're pro- are you putting it up in the morning when you, in, earlier tomorrow? Whenever I guess I guess first I, you know what I'll just put it up tonight. I'll just oh, there we I'm, go. Yeah. So yeah, so you will the, you will not know the results of the game when you were hearing this unless you're not a true fan and you don't listen to it right away as soon as it drops. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Purdue certainly is the less talented team on paper. Penn State should be able to handle business, but. Um, I mean, Purdue's coming off of an excellent season. Certainly had a better season than Penn State. Um, you know, Franklin, Penn State with all that talent is 11 and 11 over the past two years, and James Franklin got rewarded with a 10 year contract for it. Coach O, Coach o wins a natty and then goes 11 and 11 in the next two years and gets fired. So tells you the different, different standards of different schools. Uh, Penn State is content with being mediocre and, uh, I, I just am not confident in this game. Um, Purdue is Purdue is up and coming. They're well coached, uh, and Penn State is not. That's, I, mean, <laughs> I bet the silver lining is. Well, and we still have Baltimore at at, at the helm. If Clifford, 
Voldemort, whatever you want to, he who must not be named. You know, it could be a Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence situation where if he's if he's shown those inconsistencies and he's, he's struggling, they're going to pull the cord and put Drew Aller in. So we'll see how it plays out. I mean, at least from that standpoint, the future may be bright. But last time Penn State had the number one quarterback recruit, James Franklin ran him into the ground too, and Hackenberg flopped out. So we'll see. I'm not confident with anything. I'm not. I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for the stress. My my blood pressure has been has been improved. And has been normal, <laughs> and now it's gonna it's gonna go back up. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, obviously, I love Penn State football. I'm I'm excited. Uh, I'm just not. I'm just. I <laughs> I've been hurt so many times that I'm that I've 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 walled myself off. I'm not I'm not ready for another heartbreak. But we'll see. Backyard brawl. Backyard. I'm pumped that the backyard brawl is back though. West Virginia, Pittsburgh. Great rivalry, great historic rivalry, Big East. They used to play every single year, and now uh, now it's been defunct for damn near a decade probably. But So that one's kicking off just an hour before the Penn State game tomorrow. Um, I like Pitt. Yeah, it's a double TV Thursday. I do I do like Pitt. Um, I think uh, I've heard of uh, – Minus seven and a half. Uh, Pitt's minus seven and a half? Who, I don't yeah. even know who's who's home, actually. Pitt, it's in, it's at, or, oh God, it's, it's at, at sure. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I like Pitt coming out of this. I've heard good things of Keaton Slovis coming out of camp. Um, and I think, I think with the whole, you know, Jordan Addison situation, I think Pittsburgh as a team is going to be really fueled off of that and want to kind of, you know, prove yeah, Pitt, Pitt's going to want to have a better season than USC did from that from that aspect. So I think Pitt is a team off of ACC championship. Obviously, they they lost a lot of talent, but I think they're a confident group, a well well coached group, and they're going to have a lot to prove. And I think they got a great quarterback who have heard great things coming out of camp. So we'll see if Ken, Keaton Slovis can live up to the Kenny Pickett hype. But I lo- I like Pitt to win that game. Yeah, I I hate to say it, but. Pitt's probably the better football team, and uh, at home, Pitt probably is going to come out victorious, but you never know. I think it could be at least a, a good game, a close game. The over-under for that is 51.5, so that would be about four touchdowns on each side and then another score. Uh I don't know enough about these teams to think if they could get to that kind of money, but or uh, scores. But ninety-eight percent of the money wagered on this game is on the under, which means if the under hit, Vegas doesn't lose like that. When ninety-eight percent of the money is on something, I mean, I don't hate the over now. The two percent of the money is on the over. Where that seems that seems impossible. Where'd you get that stat? Action Network. That's crazy. That's wild. Ninety eight percent of the Amber, money is Amber on the, the under. Give me the over two. Over fifty one and a half. Because there will be some stupid bullshit. There will be some turnovers. So you know the other team's going to be in field goal range to start. Uh, if it goes into overtime. Um, you know, who knows? But yeah, no. Give me the give me the over in the backyard brawl. I won't touch the outcome. Um, 
Although a pit pit move from minus six and a half to minus seven and a half. So everyone is also on pit, but not quite to the extent of the under. Uh, 75% of the money is on pit to cover the number. Uh, and then, ba- and then back to Penn State. Penn State is minus three with an over under of 54 and a half. A lot of money wow. on Purdue because I've, I've seen that line move from minus six and a half to minus three and a half, and now you're saying minus three. So that that gives me a little a little bit of confidence. If the, all the money's on Purdue, then maybe maybe James Franklin can squeak one out. Uh yeah, I actually don't. They don't have that up at the moment. I don't know why, but uh, obviously, yeah, the line moved in in favor of Purdue. Well, yeah. People are backing Purdue to cover, so they think it's going to be a close game. The unders are uh, now down to 53 from 54.5, so I could actually see that being an under game. Uh, a lot of punts, a lot of Big yeah, Ten punts. I'd lean under there as well. Uh, you know what? I think I might just have to to wait. I'm going to wait and, and live bet the game because uh, – if it is close, or Purdue goes up seven, ten, I think Penn State still does have the firepower to 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 scratch back. If I can get Penn State at around even money or even line uh, or even a plus a point or two, I might take that live. But uh, you know, I, I don't know that that would take a lot actually for for that to happen on the live line. Let's just stick with the over fifty one and a half for the backyard brawl, and let's just be miserable about Penn State uh, as it is. I don't need to also be miserable about my money as well. Uh, so yeah, that <laughs> great great night of college football ahead. Either way, um, I'm going to an outdoor bar type of thing with a big old overhead projector. We're going there at six for, for my wife's uh, co-workers are all going out. So, you know, I, I'm assuming they'll have the backyard brawl on cause it's on ESPN. I'm assuming they'll have that on the big screen. And if they don't put bed state on at eight uh, on, on the side TVs, then I am leaving. I'm leaving right then and there. Um, Maybe I'll leave before that either because I don't need to be at the bar that long on a Thursday anyway. So, anything else? Just a great, great football weekend ahead all over the call. I mean, not just Thursday, but the, the Saturday slate is nice. A bunch of ranked matchups. Oregon, Georgia, Cincy, Arkansas. A couple good games. Uh, Ohio State. Un- Ohio State, yeah. Ohio State, Notre Dame. I don't know why I didn't think of that. The unranked matchup that I really want to watch too, uh, Florida State LSU. It's kind of like the uh, the uh, I was gonna say a word that would have got us canceled. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the the bottom dweller bowl, the Power Five bottom dweller bowl. We'll call that Florida State LSU. That's all state Louisiana kickoff. That'll be a that'll be a good one. See which uh, which team kind of gets out of the of the bail quicker. Real quickly, we forgot about the the alma mater, the Akron Zips. Yeah, Minus they, they open up tomorrow too. Against St. Francis. Yes, sir. Starting off with a dub. They are maybe, minus maybe. Do you want to guess the spread here? Guess the guess the line. Twenty-two. Seventeen and a half. That's that's embarrassing. That, that's embarrassing. 
Yeah, they might keep it within two touchdowns and a field goal of the Zips. I think the Zips have gotten better uh, this offseason. So. Well, we'll see what, what Joe Moorhead can do. Certainly didn't like him at Penn State, but he's <laughs> you, can't, you can't be worse than what Akron has done. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, we will improve past two, two wins from last year. Uh, I don't. I don't understand how they can't out recruit Mac schools. Like, how can you not compete in the Mac? Like, I feel like Akron has a lot more going for it than a lot of, a lot of other Mac schools. I've always been baffled how football is so bad, but basketball is so successful. All right, let's get let's get on to these segments. That's a, that's enough of shitty Mac schools. Hey, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I'm scrolling through. I don't see any other college games that pop out to me uh, this week that you haven't already mentioned. So, let's get to the segments draw of the week. We we went one and one on the draw of the week last week with uh, Danny hitting in stoppage time of uh, the crew. And I'm going back to the well. I haven't hit a draw of the week yet, but I'm going back to Leeds. Leeds and Brentford are playing this Saturday in a truly shitty soccer game that no one will watch or should watch in this country. And oh wait, do, don't we have American people on Leeds? Yeah, Le- Leeds is—they've been putting Leeds on on NBC Sports over all the. They've been put, there's so many people have been watching Leeds just because the American ties that they've been putting them on over like Chelsea, Liverpool, those kind of teams is pretty pretty wild. So yeah, it's Leeds. That's called a Leeds United States. That was called a setup. Uh, I knew the perfect, answer to that beforehand. Perfect yes. segue. Leeds Brentford. A two-two draw, high-scoring affair, that, poor that, defense. That does that does feel like a draw, but I hope Leeds can pull the road win there. Um, it's funny. The I, other one I like. Oh, uh, real quick, uh, Crystal Palace. I was eyeing, eyeballing that uh, Palace, and uh, I don't know. I forget who they play, but yeah, the, Chris, their Chris game. Richards, Chris Richards, potentially in a World Cup American center back playing for Crystal Palace. We got we got Americans all over. American American soccer is global. But on to my draw. It's funny that we as we were recording the crew were playing, they finally they finally got a dub just now. Uh much needed dub. I told Steve if they if they tied again, I was just going to I was just going to keep hammering the crew on draw of the weeks until they finally stopped drawing. It's funny a little stat that they said pregame. In the the crew in their past 14 games, 15 games now, they've only lost one in their past 15. In that time frame, the next fewest losses in the league was three. Like, every other team had lost at least three games in that span. The crew have only lost one. And they're actually lo- they've been tying so much that they're losing ground in the playoffs over that time, which is wild. But much-needed W tonight. Put them back comfortably in the, in the playoffs for the MLS. So, I can't take the crew for my draw anymore. So now I'm scrambling all this, all that ranting I was doing, and I didn't look up any prospective draw of the week. So let me see, let me see what the weekend MLS slate looks like. Uh, ooh, Charlotte, Charlotte at Cincinnati. Yeah, two, teams, two, teams on the, two teams on the outside looking in, trying to get back into playoff contention. So why don't they both just not do enough and draw one one? Charlotte is it in Cincinnati? It's in Cincy. Charlotte is. Bad on the road, great at home. Well, I should say pretty good at home. 
so yeah, Charlotte on the road is uh, has a tough time. So yeah, I think they could maybe squeeze out a draw here. They have gotten better, I think, as the season's gone along, uh, as you would expect. So yeah, I, I that that's the one that popped out to me when uh, I was looking. at Another this one. I, you you can you can take that as your MLS version because I think I want to go. I want to go to. Uh, I'm gonna go the Canadian Derby. I don't know what this game's actually called, but Sunday I like this one better. Montreal at Toronto. Montreal been great all year. Toronto started off terrible, but they've made a big run lately. They picked up. They had a couple huge signings, um, Bernadeschi and uh, Mobile. Uh, not a Mobile. Fucking oh. oh, this is gonna piss me off. Uh, in Insignia. In, insignia, yeah, Insignia and uh, Bernadeschi, big two big Italians coming over, big time Italians, like huge MLS signings. <laughs> Insignia's making like. Like fifteen million dollars a year to play in the MLS. It's outrageous. It's awesome how the how the league is growing though. But so Toronto been making a run. Uh a hard fought Canadian game. I like I like that to end in a draw. Let me see. Let me look at the table real quick. He Toronto, can start an olive oil business. Toronto on the outside looking in right now. Uh Montreal sitting at second in the east. I like Montreal to to kind of crush Toronto's hopes a little bit and get the get the road draw. All right. Any any other segments you'd like to do? We, yeah, we can we can close it off with the LGBTQIA plus roster spot of the week. Carl Nassib, congrats on making the fifty three, big guy. Can't wait, can't wait for you to uh, frequent frequent the show. Carl Nassib, former <laughs> Penn State sack leader, All American. Got to got to go with Carl Nassib here. Definitely. Definitely the 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 best LGBTQI plus player in the, in the league right now on an active roster. It's really a shame there isn't a larger pool of players to hone this award to. I uh, I feel like I think, there's more out there. I, th- I think he might I think he might go home with with a lot of medals again this year. A lot of those weekly medals. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, time will tell. Well. I think that does it for our our episode. We're de- we stretched, we're de- we stretched that that little fifty six like, like, There's not a lot of there's not a lot of injury stuff to go on. This will be nice and quick, and we can, we just don't shut up for an hour. That was the mojitos talking. The boxed mojitos, fourteen percent. Uh, so next week we are definitely doing our seasonal preview next week because there's no more time to do it <laughs> and well, there's uh, no more there's no more games or you know big big injuries or roster moves to touch on at that point either so next next week definitely the big uh big yeah we're gonna come with the game. hot we're gonna come with the hot bets you want you want to make money tune in next week yeah we're gonna go back we're gonna run it back ending in the positive on the seasonal bets here. So famous last words. And then, and then uh, producer I'm using air quotes, producer Jim uh, said he's going to be back next week for uh, that episode and moving into the regular season. And Rashawn claims to still want a part of this, but uh, <laughs> you know we'll see when that comes to fruition. He's reading all the messages in the group chat. Uh, not responding to much, especially if it comes to planning or logistics. They definitely don't get a response. So we'll see if he actually comes on an episode he, this season. He responds pretty frequently. 
unless it comes to planning and and, and fruition, <laughs> then then he then he ghosts us for sure. He, he just I, I I guarantee you he sees he sees a, a key word like a hot word like <laughs> recording or tomorrow or a time, and then he just closes out the app real quick. Or no, he doesn't close out the apps. He's a psychopath that just leaves 15 apps open in the background. So he'll just swipe out of the app real quick when he sees anything like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that does it. Uh, So until next week, and by God, next week, we have NFL football in eight days on Thursday. Uh, So I think we'll record probably during the game. We could. We could. I don't we know. Could do it earlier, in, like we we could record like Tuesday night or something, or Wednesday night, and get it out Thursday. So so before before that I, game, I don't in hate case, that. In case Maybe we prop bets that involve the Cal, who's playing Cal, Rams and who Rams and Bills. Yes, Rams I mean, yeah, and that's, Bills. That's a lot of dudes that, that are going to be involved in in some prop bets. So well, most uh, of that closes anyway. You know the. Uh, the second the first game kicks off so that's what i'm saying so we yes, can get the podcast out before the before the game like if we, if the we, podcast drops thursday morning or whatever or wednesday night we should definitely plan on uh, um yes stuff that we'll we'll plan this off the air you, yeah you, you all you, you have to worry about is staying healthy america